of sports attracts a mighty and passionate audience, and sports betting has gone from a fringe activity to the mainstream. I'm Brian Marcy, and this is the Digiday Podcast. Today on the show, I am joined by Pat Keen, the CEO at Action Network. Pat describes Action Network as the Bloomberg of sports media. They don't provide avenues for betting, but they will equip you with all the knowledge you need to know to make those bets, where legal, I might add. Pat and I talk about the dynamics of being owned by the churning group, sports betting, going from that niche activity to the mainstream, and much more. Hope you enjoy it. Pat, welcome back to the podcast. You were on um, a couple years ago? I may, maybe a little less when I used to be in the ads business. You used to be. You're not in the ads business. Explain the Action Network for those who are not degenerate gamblers. Okay. Well, we, we want to appeal to all people who care about sports and care about betting <laughs> okay, and care what... about gambling. But I, I think the simplest way to describe the Action Network is we're the Bloomberg for sports betting data and information. We're not operators. We don't take bets. We don't field bets. We just try to better inform a consumer that's making decisions about how they want to wager and where they want to wager and what sports, what teams, what tactics, and what strategy. And we want to provide the best information and data sources to inform them. This is like a, this is a booming area, right? I mean, because a lot of things are changing. I think about like, you know, probably when we were growing up, you know, sports betting was a, a fairly fringe activity. Um, and now Supreme Court decision came down. Um, New Jersey has gone legal. I assume this is kind of like cannabis. It's going to roll all across the country. Well, we'll see if it's comparative to that, but it definitely will roll. I mean, getting back to, again, when we were kids and, and how other people bet, they usually bet peer-to-peer, person-to-person. You know, yeah. they, they're betting in box pools for the Super Bowl. They're bet- betting in March Madness will be in a few weeks. But to your point, when PASPA was overturned, the Professional and Amateur Sports Act, which was enacted in 1992, and that was overturned in the springtime, that definitely opened all doors. So now you can gamble legally in eight states. Uh, New Jersey, as you mentioned, being a huge one. I mean, every mm-hmm. weekend, uh, every bar in, in Hoboken and uh, Jersey City turns into a de facto sports book. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's another reason for me never to go to Hoboken. Um, but, you know, even, you know, this, this phenomenon that's happening that people are literally walking across the uh, George Washington Bridge and betting. People are taking the train from wherever they might live in Pennsylvania and coming across New Jersey into New York and betting. So yeah. it's become a real phenomenon. It's over a billion dollars just in three months. Right. Now, churning group, owns Action Network. It's a roll-up of different um, sites, right? That's right. Churning Group, is, yeah, Churning Group is our primary primary funding source. They really staked and built the company. It was a new co that was built inside of the Churning Group. And then we acquired two other businesses. One is called Sports Action, which is a super high-end, more kind of expensive, kind of deep end of the pool betting platform, Fantasy Insights and Fantasy Labs, which is really for the daily fantasy player, the, the person that wants uh, some edge against FanDuel and DraftKings and where they might be betting and playing and even see season-long fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, which ultimately becomes a super useful tool for a category that's really exploding in betting, which is prop bets. Mm-hmm. So instead of just betting the over, the under, the winner, the loser, you're able to bet, you know, does does Stefan Curry have two or three three-pointers in the second quarter? Right. Um, and and Churning Group is investors in a few interesting businesses. We've had Erica on from Barstool, but um, seems to be like focused on finding these really passionate areas. I mean, because you know, I mean, you said you said you're glad you're not in the ad business anymore because, like, it is really difficult to make ads work in a lot of different areas um, that are mass. But like, passion media businesses 
seem like they're going to be in a much better shape. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they support a thesis I've always had when I look at media, especially modern media of 2019 and beyond, where you need to have super passionate audiences, intensely passionate vertical categories around an audience, and then multiple revenue streams. And I think those are the keys. You can't have mm-hmm. a, a singular revenue stream anymore in the media business or you, without question, will fail. So to be able to have a business where we're driven by subscriptions, but we have an opportunity to do licensing. So we do deals with folks like ESPN which is going to which is already carrying one of our shows and you're seeing more and more media companies that want mm-hmm. our content that will license that will syndicate content towards uh, but being a subscription triggered business and not playing against the duopoly of Facebook and Google makes me a lot happier every day when I go to work so explain why you know as this becomes just part of of sports for, first is is this a a sports play or a gambling play it's really a, a sports information and content play. And, and also, you know, the, the same kind of insights that can be placed against targeting better ads or targeting better trades that can happen for a hedge fund in the stock world. Mm-hmm. You're able to do that same kind of math, those same kind of analytics and algorithms to be placed against better data to form mm-hmm. a better. So we're really about giving the tools to people who might casually bet, might actively bet, might super actively bet. And I like having a pretty elastic audience against what we do, but it's really about information. I mean, these same tools we can apply to potentially looking at who's going to win elections and who's going to win in the in the Bachelor on ABC. But, you know, those are kind of fun side projects, right. but we're most focused on really informing the sports better. But for, yeah, so for now it is just sports. But I, I noticed like not all the content is about you know betting. Not all of it's about lines and, yep. and that stuff. Yeah, some of it. You know, we we're, we're pretty happy about. We hired a, a pretty interesting figure in Darren Ravel from ESPN, yeah. who is ESPN's top por- sports reporter, and we cover things like he was able to uncover uh, two. World Series of poker players that were at one of the final tables and then had a, a side bet that one of them couldn't live in a bathroom for 30 days for $100,000. Yes, that's betting. Is that sport? No. <laughs> but that kind of right. entertainment, that kind of cult of betting you is like something- like a Rob we, Perez article. Was yeah. It Wob? I don't yeah, that's Wob. That's one of our, uh, our, our you basketball know, that, that, guys. You know, it, it's, it wasn't about betting. It was about like, you know, go-to moves and yeah, I mean th- those kind of things. I mean, we could do pieces on what's the what's the best place to sit in venue. I mean, as as again, all of these leagues are trying to extend and create a better entertainment sport, entertainment experience in venue, and are trying to get people to stay to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So that can go through a lot of different experiences. So we 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 really want to build and create content around the culture of betting as much about right. how you bet. So let's talk about the culture for a minute. Um, I know you've got. I, I'm sure you've figured that like some gigantic number of people have placed the sports bet, but like regular betting is still got to be a, a fairly on sports is got still has to be a fairly niche activity. Uh, it, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, we've we've done our own proprietary research and worked with others to determine there are about 10 million active bettors in the United States. 10 million being people that bet a minimum of fifty dollars a week, which isn't an absurd amount of money, but that's a good chunk of you know an audience of 10 million people. So we have an opportunity to appeal to those. But I think with more and more states getting knocked down, we think we think 15 by the end of this year. 30 perhaps by mm-hmm. the end of two years from now is going to create this better opportunity for people to sort of come out of the shadows and want to be able to bet in a clean, well-lit place and want to get information from a clean, clean well-lit place. And we think that that phenomenon is going to increase mm-hmm. expeditiously over the next year or two. 
And the leagues are going to get into it. Yeah, the leagues. I mean, some leagues are a little bit more forward-thinking than others. I think the NBA has been particularly forward-thinking. They love the notion of prop bets, in-game yeah. bets, so which is prevalent is like in you, Europe. Yeah, you have like a split screen, and like you're going to have like prop bets off to the side because I mean, look, they're going to have to keep people engaged to to these games. And I think culturally, I think what's what's interesting about this is how. The nature, I mean, you know, we're both Philadelphia sports fans, so the nature of watching sports is very different now than it was. I mean, we're like old school. We just like lock into the game. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's changed a ton. I think, I think weekly fantasy changed it. I think that was a phenomenon that's now more than a decade old. But now with all of the prop betting things that we were mentioning, I mean, you look at even last week, the Washington Wizards, again, an NBA team owned by Ted Leontis, who's a pretty smart technical person as well, former AOL executive. They actually, with their RSN in D.C., had a gambling-centric game where they were actually having calls and data and sort of you looked like the experience mm-hmm. it almost looked like a CNBC watching a, right. a stock terminal in the morning when you're watching Squawk Box or something I think that won't be the norm for every fan but I think there's an increasing amount of fans that want that experience and they think it's more fun yeah so is I mean the bet so to speak that you know the actual pool of active bettors is going to get far larger. Yeah, I mean, I, I ambitiously would like to turn all sports fans into betters, whether they're casually trying to get better at, the, again, the, the NCAA March Madness pool or trying to get better at a PGA Tour pool they might have with their buddies that they play on Saturdays or Sundays. I want those people to say, I have action. I want edge. I want to be a sharp better. Come to the Action Network. Come to the Action Network app mm-hmm. and help learn and help make those decisions. So I think that ambitiously, I, again, I'd like to turn every casual, every sports fan into a better of some degree and then not alienate the ones who are deep end betters that are looking for tools, data, algorithms. I want to inform all of them. So that is the, I mean, that's always the challenge, right? So you got to appeal to the, you know, I jokingly called it degenerate gamblers, but like you got to, you got to, you got to appeal to the hardcore and then the, the curious like me like I don't even know what m- minus 400 means I don't really understand like some of the odds I might be a good better but I have no idea well you're smart and you're a Philly guy so I, I put those together and you're either going to be really <laughs> good or really the, bad you just put all my money yeah um, but you know you bring up something that I think is incredibly important which is truly evergreen content almost the Khan Academy of betting I think we have the opportunity the Action Network to create I mean even today if you do a search for um, you know Chiefs Odds Sunday or how to bet on sports you're often going to get tossed to a really crappy YouTube video with a guy with his hat backwards with a whiteboard that mm-hmm. you can barely hear or understand trying to, under- to explain plus minus 200 over unders, prop bets, etc. And we think we have this really unique opportunity to create an educational segment to help inform people. We have it today. It's more of a, a text-driven experience at actionnetwork.com, but we really do think that education is going to be big. I know some of the smartest people I know, yourself included, they're just kind of like, I want to bet on who wins and who loses. But that's not how Vegas thinks. That's not how DraftKings thinks. That's not how FanDuel thinks or William Hill. So we think that there is this educational opportunity on top of not alienating the people who are super sharp and know what they're doing. Yeah. I'd like to take a quick break here. I'd like to invite you to come to a live recording of the Digiday podcast where I interview Melissa Bell, the publisher of Vox Media and also the co-founder of Vox.com. 
We have a lot to discuss considering the recent spate of bad news at news publishers like BuzzFeed, HuffPost, and Gannett. We are going to be hosting this live podcast event at Vox Media's headquarters in New York City on February 7th. Starting at 5.30, we will start the recording at 6.15 p.m. There are refreshments and mingling, so please do come for the podcast, but stay for the mingle. If you would like a complimentary ticket, we have a few available. You can email our producer, Aditi Sangal. Email Aditi at Aditi, A-D-I-T-I, at digiday.com. And she will get you all set up and answer any questions you may have. Hope to see you there. Now back to the episode. One of the things I've noticed is how how much now like NFL commentators talk about the betting. Before they used to just ignore it. It was like we can't talk about we can't talk about lines. You know, we just talk about football. We just talk about basketball. And now it's it's become much more part of just the normal. Um, sports commentary, which has to help. Yeah, it does. And I think it's disingenuous to think that a fan for certain games is not really almost myopically focused on what's happening with the line and what's happening with gambling and what's happening with big beats or big losses. It was interesting to see, you know, my old album on or CBS, which is hosting the Super Bowl in a few weeks uh, in Atlanta. Uh, the the head of CBS Sports literally said our announcers are not going to address or speak about gambling. And I get that. That's probably them trying to be uh, defensive against their advertisers that might uh, get some blowback there. But that to me just doesn't feel what the true real experience for a fan, what the true real experience yeah. is for anybody who's watching these well, games. How much, how much money is going to be wagered on Super Bowl Sunday? The figure is well into the billions of dollars. Um, you know, I joke there's a lot of businesses and you've worked in the too, where everyone says, X, X time of year is our Super Bowl. Like the Super Bowl is our Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a big day. I mean, March Madness is going to be even larger in a few months, but these are the big times for betting. And, you know, it's not a few billion dollars. It's mm-hmm. in the tens of billions of dollars. So let's talk about the model. I mean, you had said you're glad you're not in the ad business anymore. Explain how all of the, the dynamics around this particular field um, have mean that you can have a different model? Yeah, I mean, we, we're a subscription model. So a user can access our app through the App Store or through the Google Play Store, download the app. Downloading the app is free, but to get, unlock all of the content, to unlock all of the odds, to unlock all of the bet probability, all of the information you'd want as a user, you're going to pay uh, seven ninety nine a month or fifty nine ninety mm-hmm. five a year. So the funnel is like, I mean, I was like on the site and some of the articles, like I could only read a couple of paragraphs and then it said to read the full one, just, you know, you got to download the app and that gets me down the funnel. Yeah. I mean, we're producing, you know, 30 or 40 pieces of content a day, all original. Half of them are in front of the wall. Half of them are behind the wall. Some will put more in front of the wall over time as we're trying to, to your point, incent users. But one thing that's been pretty interesting to me as a former search person is there's been a real renaissance in natural search. We're mm-hmm. seeing the majority of our traffic coming through organic natural search where someone literally does a search. I was looking at these today in the office, uh, Chiefs over under, Chiefs line, Patriots line, and we're gonna be number two, if not number one in Google News for all of those categories where a person is trying to be informed. They might not necessarily want to be driven to a, a, an experience where they're gonna bet, but they wanna learn about it. They wanna make decisions. So having a good organically search triggered, natural search triggered content experience is, is a huge paramount to what we wanna be successful in. Okay, so you make money off subscriptions, yep. but you also must feed people to places that they can bet. Well, not yet. 
that is going to be an interesting part of the business going forward. So uh, one of the things that is a big opportunity for businesses like ours is to serve as an affiliate. So where we're able to direct one You don't of want our, to take bets. We do not want to take bets. We do not want to be an operator. I do not want to be in that business. We want to provide information. And, you know- I, My I grandfather actually had a bar where he ran numbers. It's what, sort of family What neighborhood? Lore. What neighborhood? Uh, Upper Darby. Got it. I'm, I, I know it well. I'm sure I've, I've been there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, you know, I philosophically don't want to participate in losses. That's something we, we don't want to do. But as an affiliate, you're able to generate a CPA, a cost per acquisition, if I'm able to turn one of my users into a FanDuel user, if I'm able to turn one of my users into a DraftKings user, a William Hill user. And that kind of bounty, I'm okay with. But again, I don't want to participate in wins and losses. I want to be able to get a CPA opportunity mm-hmm. as an affiliate in those markets. So, I mean, you'll you'll be a specialist in this area, but I mean... ESPN and Bleacher Report and, and and larger entities certainly see what's going on with this. Why why will not I mean you were at Google, I used to ask everyone who like came to meet me with some startup idea. I'm like, why won't Google do this? Yeah, I mean <laughs> I'm, I'm less worried about Google doing this, but yeah, when not you, Google, yeah, but yeah, I, I know, just I know mean, mean like ESPN mean, and, and Bleacher. Um, but yeah, I think all of the large diversified global media companies are super focused on gambling. It's the next frontier of revenue. It's the next frontier of fan engagement. Uh, It's the next frontier of fun, entertainment. So I think they all obviously are going to play in it. So you mentioned ESPN. We already have a show on ESPN. We talk to them often. I was on the board of Bleach Report, know them well, saw them this week. I mean, we're talking to everyone. Uh, The great thing is, I I hate the word exclusive in this category. Um, We will continue to sort of distribute content and partner with folks like ESPN. But if you're Fox, ESPN, Sky, insert every media company in the world, if you don't have a Tiger team in a conference room figuring out how to figure out and build a business around sports betting, sports data, sports content, you're going to lose. So mm-hmm. we'd like to sit there and be the best independent source of that information and be a partner to those folks. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they strategically do over time, be it acquisition, partnership, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, it caused a few ripples in the sports media world when you when you hired Darren Ravel, because you don't... you wouldn't. I, I guess you wouldn't think about it going from 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 ESPN to to the Action Network. Yeah, I think part of why Darren was so appealed by the Action Network, one, Chad Millman, one of our, our people who was his editor at ESPN, knew well and felt some comfort that we were hiring great people on the content and editorial side. But I think the challenge for Darren is they really put a governor on how much he could actually write about, report about, mm-hmm. and influence what was happening in terms of ESPN and covering the business of gambling, covering the category of gambling as a vertical inside of ESPN. That's evolved over time, but he really wanted to sort of be all in as opposed to half in, and that was really what was appealing to him, and we've given him pretty open license. Uh, Darren is a machine for content creation, whether it's his videos he creates for Instagram or Twitter, but he's going to really be covering as much as the business of sports gambling. He's going to be covering the entertainment and the cult of it. We were just in Vegas for CES. I know Mm -hmm. you were there, too. and walking around with Darren. He's a minor celebrity, or he would like to say he's a major celebrity. Hey, Darren. Um, <laughs> Maybe and, in Las Vegas. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's selfies here and there, and it's who's going to win this weekend. And, you know, he's going to be impartial in that degree in terms of who's going to win this weekend. But I think there's the opportunity to create the next Jimmy the Greeks. Uh, oh, I God, did, Jimmy the, hopefully, hopefully without any of the, the racist. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mean it in that sense. <laughs> um, certainly not. But, you know, to create these outsized figures in the world of sports betting, that it's not about touts and it's not about 800 numbers, but it's about being informed, having fun, and every league, 
every media company. It'll be interesting to have this conversation in 18 months to see where they are. Um, any sort of legal, right now, do you have to deal with any, any sort of weird, uh, legal issues? You know, not right now. I mean, we're not an operator. I mean, those are issues that- So that's the key is to stay away from actually taking bets and being a house. I mean, you, you can do that. I mean, there's certainly the, the strategy for a lot of operators to do that, but- you know, if you look at Google, you can't advertise in Google as an operator. Um, there's there's lots of offshore books that that you have to have some some challenge around. But being an information provider, being a data provider, allows us to be a really neutral state in this category, and we want to continue to be that. Yeah. So you look at yourselves as as much like data provider as like content provider. Yeah, both. I mean, I think the smart bettors are looking for data and say, maybe I don't want to read the articles, but I want to know what a road dog in the AFC championship does in a 12 degree wind, in a 12 mile an hour wind when it's going to be two and a half degrees. Like our sports insights team has over a decade of data that doesn't exist elsewhere that can help influence how you think about those things. And it's pretty consistent and interesting. I mean, you know, we, we don't guarantee wins, but we know we want to provide edge and know that sharp betters know what they're doing. Yeah. So you've personally, you've been on a lot of sides of this. You're, you're at Google, Associated Content sold to, to Yahoo, CBS. I'm going to forget a, a couple, maybe. Um, you're at ShareThrough. Yep. Um, so you've seen a lot of different areas of it, and you've, and you've invested, too. Yes. So you have an investment group that you're part of still? Yep, Stripes yeah. Group. Um, and you've, you've, so you've invested it in, in some of these... What do you think? I mean, we're coming out of out of 2018 when you know we bit of a reality check for for a lot of digital media. And you had said yourself, you know, you're glad you're not in the ads business anymore. Um, what's your big take on what's going on out there? Is are there a lot more dominoes to fall? You know, I, I would say unfortunately there are. Um, I think that it's probably day. Uh, rigor now to be a media company that says we're building a subscription product inside an existent free product. And I think that's a hard thing to do to start free and go backwards. You know, our business was the opposite. We started with a paid product. We'll probably make more of our content available in front of the wall that might eventually appeal to advertisers as we get to scale. But I think that's another thing that's a challenge where the definition of scale is so different now. I remember when I was running associated content and one of our big goals was to get to 20 million unique monthly users. <laughs> that is is not even a number anymore. Uh, it's, it's almost irrelevant when you look at the size and scale of a lot of the platforms on the media side. And if you're a 26-year-old with a spreadsheet and trying to determine comm score ratings, where to put your dollars as a media comm uh, uh, person at that agency, that, that to me is sort of the unfortunate world that we're in. And I think it's a great time to be in direct consumer, to direct consumer businesses, be it if you're selling a product, like an actual discrete consumer product, if you're selling into a business-to-business community with a great SaaS product. Mm-hmm. Um, I think media is going to be pretty challenging for the next few years. And on the other side of this, are there going to be new revenue models from licensing to subscriptions to, um, you know, we've all seen all these native ad studios and content studios. I think all those things will be important. But if you don't have intensely passionate audiences and multiple revenue streams, I think the the, the darkness will continue and it'll continue for some yeah. period of time. And it will be interesting to see how many of these subscription programs truly take off. I mean, there's there's so many of them. 
Yeah, but I think we've also over the years, I've known you for a million years, and we would have talked about paid content as sort of the Wall Street Journal because journal your boss paid for it and like <laughs> a few other things. But the reality of today is we're all paying for Netflix. We're playing for Hulu. We're paying for a lot of different things. And I think that the, whether it be at cord cutting or just a general consumer um, non-aversion to pulling out the wallet and paying for content. I think that is something that people are betting on. But again, I think it's super, super challenging if you've started free to go in the other direction. And like I said, I feel pretty good about starting with a paid product. Okay. So you're about three months in. What is like on the agenda for the next six months? Yeah. You know, there's tremendous, tremendous seasonality in sports. So these are our biggest times. So getting through the NFL playoffs this weekend will be bigger yeah. than last weekend, which is bet big. on baseball. They do, not to the degree that they do in the other big categories. It's really uh, professional football, NCAA football, NCAA basketball, and NBA basketball. But, you know, Major League Baseball just did a deal with MGM. I mean, every league is doing these deals. Yeah. So you'll see, I think it'll be big in prop betting in baseball. Go to yeah. the game, have a few beers. You know, what's going to happen in inning two to someone, you know, you, people used to do the pass the, the cup game with a couple of bucks. I think if it's more institutionalized, it'll be interesting. But, you know, for us... Big season now coming into NCA madness, March madness, going to be huge for us. And you know, an interesting category that's becoming more uh, on the betting landscape is PGA golf, which sounds crazy, but the PGA Tour I think is one of the most forward-thinking of any of the leagues or associations. Mm. So that's an incredibly long season. And then for us, it's batten down the hatches and get ready for the absolute madness. And that madness is really uh, NCA FBS football, and then the start of. Uh, professional football and fantasy around those things, which is going to be kind of late July, early August. Which one is biggest for you? Where's most of the action? Is it NFL or is it college? It's college and NFL. Pretty, pretty, pretty close. NFL is going to be ahead of that. Um, but every year it changes. You know, we do this thing called the action graph, which is a overwhelming amount of data from bets tracked into the platform to content to where people bet. And it's interesting. There's still, you know, our data was on CNBC the other day and the most profitable team to bet against this past year was was the New Orleans Saints. Least profitable was the Atlanta Falcons. So you still have a lot of people that are betting the home team. Like I was talking to someone who was at the Parks Casino in Pennsylvania and like 84% of the bets were on the on the Eagles. See, that's where I would think that it would be because I would think that the best games to bet are teams with against teams with irrational fan bases. Well, that and, you know, truly sharp bettors, you know, there's there's, oh, yeah, a, there's an old adage, it's don't bet the team, bet the line. You know, you want to go where you're going to get the best line, uh, where you're going to have the sharpest edge. And that can be anything from women's tennis to darts to virtually anything. So, you know, people want action wherever they can find it. And we want to help inform them all. All right. On that note, Pat, thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Our producer is Aditi Sangal. If you have feedback, please do write me. I am bmorrissey at digiday.com or tweet me. I'm at bmorrissey. Or please take a moment and review this podcast. Leave us a rating. Um, this always helps uh, it become discovered. And thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode.